welcome to another episode of Equally Different. Today with Ms. Tanzina Mukhtar, we're going to be touching upon the issue of women in STEM. So, hi Tanzila, would you like to provide a brief introduction of yourself? Um, hi everyone, I'm Tanzila. Um, I'm from Srinagar, Kashmir. Um, I'm currently working as a postdoctoral researcher in University of California, San Francisco. Um, so yeah, uh, connecting to you from... Uh, San Francisco. Um, it's 10 o'clock here. Happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Perfect. Thanks a lot. So, moving on to today's topic, how much of a role do you believe is played by societal factors in deterring the participation of women in STEM fields? Um, I think, for me, society really begins from family and it's very important especially for women, for young girls, like, you know, uh, there should be a lot of family support you know, in case like they want to do anything. With respect to Kashmir, if you think of Kashmiri society, if we want to do anything, if women want to do anything other than like, you know, just become clinicians or uh, become engineers, if they just want to follow through uh, and, you know, take up careers in other fields like regular STEM fields, become researchers, scientists or something else, um, they really require a lot of family support because generally what happens you know uh, there are different phases the Kashmiri society generally has been through like you know sometimes it's like they want kids to be um, doctors sometimes engineers or sometimes IAS officers and uh, personally I have been through the the same as well it was the same story my parents were never um, initially they wanted me to become a doctor and then an IAS officer so I had to fight through a lot so I think it comes from the family first and then you know your um, close relatives and your distant relatives so they all play a role in actually shaping up your career path but it actually comes from you but then everybody else should be you know it kind of they give into this that um, they shape your career in a way they shape your um, career trail in a way because your family gets influenced by everybody else so this is what I believe. So society starts from your family, but then also our relatives, our neighbors, everybody else who has an influence on our family, uh, on our family plays a role. Definitely, yeah. All right. So we have another question for you. So a popular theory in the anti-feminist rhetoric is that men are objectively better in fields of science and technology by virtue of their brain size and the wiring within it. To which extent would you agree with such claims? Um, see, it's not about whether I agree to something or not. The point is that <laughs> it's a theory, right? So we have to prove it somewhere. The point is that it's anti-feminist. First of all, let's go into the first part of your question. What is anti-feminist? What is feminism? Feminism, talk, I mean, the real feminism, the meaning of feminism is equality between men and women. That's what actual feminism is and that's what I believe. So if Anything is anti-feminism, that's absolute stupidity. That's what I believe. That's in clear words. <laughs> so being anti-feminism is being an like being stupid. So if you don't want people to be equal in today's day and age, that's going to that's like saying you are stupid. You don't want equality among human beings because your like wife or your daughter, or your sister is a fellow human being and you don't want or you're not seeking equal human rights for her. 
like you know right to education is like a basic human right a right to do anything with her career is a basic human right and if you're not seeking that if you're not actually supporting that if you don't support women emancipation the same way men are emancipated uh, it's actually stupid that is the first part thinking that um, men are better see men physically are different than women a man can for example my husband can carry very heavy weights and i can't carry heavy weights but i can multitask and uh, he can't multitask as much so the point is that there are different attributes to men there are different attributes to women and it's not a competition so the thought of you know there are some sects of feminism where they think that men and women they are at a competition with each other i don't believe i'm i'm not from that school of thought i really think feminism is about seeking um, equal rights uh, the irony is that women still have to fight for those equal rights and that is bad you know we should already have equal rights and we have been barred from those and it's actually a difficult part of our society that we have been actually uh, not given those rights and we have to fight for them but men being better than women um i think women you see from like kashmir jk board exams and everything women have been excelling and i think the problem that you know why women are not in higher leadership goals uh, sort of leadership uh, roles and everything uh, it's also because women take over they have many other responsibilities they have to take care of their families they have to take care of like you know they take care of their parents sometimes so they have many more responsibilities than a man so i think overall a woman has to undertake like much more on her shoulders you know the the weight of the world than a man does so when we think of you know a woman not being successful we have to actually think of the reasons why a woman is not as successful why the society even in the stem fields when a woman tries to publish a paper um, what all does she have to go through if a woman has to publish a paper in 5 years and a man publishes two papers in 5 years we have to think that did, did she actually also give birth to a child was she a mother how difficult was the pregnancy we have to think about how difficult was the motherhood you know is she also grooming a child because she is actually grooming a child but also grooming you know another leader a next generation right so we have to think about all those things so we can't evaluate a man and a woman at the same pedestal because they are entirely different they have different attributes uh, that's what are my thoughts actually about this all right So we actually have another question for you. So how do you think we can leverage the performance of women in like such fields? I think uh, this has to come from the very beginning. First of all, I said that family is an integral part of society. So it should come from families. Families have to somehow understand that you know there are uh, fields other than medicine, like core medicine and um, engineering. So women can like you know children, kids, girls. so they should be motivated to learn like basic sciences as well um like physical sciences or biological sciences and any uh, computer science anything apart from that the schools from like high school not just high school but middle school they should already start kind of um inculcating these kind of like you know they should organize symposia or organize events for children that they can actually understand that okay medicine and engineering are not my only avenues uh, in future but i can actually look into many other 
like you know um I, i can actually aspire to become a scientist i can actually aspire to become something else apart from just become a doctor so i don't have to like not all 50 students in the class have to write an entrance exam like no harm in writing an entrance exam competitive exams are okay but then you know basically there are other career options there are avenues available for you and those kind of things sometimes children don't know because they either you know you talk to your peers but you don't know much but you have to talk to your seniors so it's better to kind of make those like you know events available to students you even if you set up um, small groups you have symposia you have events um, you have mentorship programs in schools in uh, colleges from the very beginning not at the time when they're already struggling they're in a college and they don't know what to do they should already kind of you know have um, some sort of a trajectory that what are my like you know 10 options where i can go and they should have those options laid out to them and they should like you know like a career counselor thing so they should know what all can be done so i think it's a, the need to have a career counselor in schools like you have abroad right you know there are career counselors in school so it's it's really important to have somebody like that available for children yeah Right, so you kind of mean that uh, it should be a collective effort by both parents as well as schools, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, your siblings, your parents, your friends, you know, you have to collectively think about. So if your sibling is like older, like I have an older brother, he always guided me to like, you know, study biology. Um, I got interested in biology. He would always question me. I would always discuss stuff with him. So I think it's very important that uh, you have that influence from someone that who can encourage you and uh, it's always nice that if your parents can also do that that you know they don't restrict you and tell you to like always look into one field and that's going to be your end goal but your parents that's why we need to encourage parents as well so there has to be that parent teacher meets and there have to be like parents and teachers have to meet and kind of discuss it that you know students shouldn't be just forced to take up medicine but they should be given like options to follow additional fields as well and parents should have that flexibility as well so there has to be that dialogue between like you know um teachers and parents and that mediation has to happen and that will only happen when you know a teacher say a principal or a vice principal is going to tell the parents in a gathering that hey listen we are going to have these events there are people coming to talk at these events and we want to tell you guys that your kids have these other options as well and you should have that flexibility because how would kashmiri parents otherwise um allow their kids to take up any other careers like you re- have to realize that our society is um very different actually it's opening up but very very slowly at literally at a snail's pace so they want their kids to be in kashmir and the only way to keep them in kashmir is to make them study engineering or medicine and if they want to study anything else they have to go outside and they don't want to do that the parents don't want their kids to go away from them so it happened with me i'm telling you our personal experience um so that's why i think first of all if you want to follow fields like stem we know that kashmir doesn't have the proper infrastructure not um, at par with whatever we have abroad not at par with whatever is even in india so kashmir is not at par with any of the universities abroad so to bring students um, you know at the level of students abroad we need to kind of encourage parents 
All right. So certain private schools in Kashmir are actually looking into this, like my own school does. That's why I'm here. But how do you think government schools are going to get the resources to invest in all this? I think you know this is the point. So um, it's a very slow process. So there are many NGOs that can actually do it as well. I think that uh, there should be. I mean, I can't say that. I am involved so much, but I have been involved. For example, at the college level, with some of the um, groups, there's, for example, a JK scientists group that uh, does some mentorship programs. Uh, so we go from one college to another, and at least at the undergrad level, and uh, also at the postgraduate level, we have been to Kashmir University and a bunch of other colleges um, across Kashmir, and we have spoken to youngsters. We've spoken to um, undergrads and postgrads, and we have actually told them, like, you know, what are their options? So they are free to like write emails to us, and we can check their CVs and cover letters. So the point is that what we have done is allowed them uh, an access to mentors. You know the kind of access that actually we were lacking when we were applying to positions abroad. So I think that's what we need to do. Honestly, if for example you have access to these kind of opportunities, and you have like how many people? Fifty people in your class, and there are two hundred people because you have four sections in your school. I would say that even if you make a group of ten people from each class, that means forty people. You can actually take like you know, one government school, two government schools in your vicinity, and you can actually spread the word. You can tell them that what are the opportunities available. I know we have we don't have so many resources, but then once you know you start a ripple, it actually makes a difference. It becomes uh, a big you know a change starts when you start somewhere, right? So a big change will come when you actually start somewhere. So we, all of us can do something. Like we are doing it at the college level, but whenever we get a chance, I speak to youngsters as well from my school. Um, when I went to school, like I went, when I come to Kashmir, I do try to go to my school and I talk to them as well. But that's what the point is. It has to come not at the undergrad level, but at the school level, because there are, for example, some fellowships that you need to apply for uh, to study in England. I did my masters in England, um, but that fellowship um, you need actually a very strong profile. But when you're already in your undergrad, it's very difficult to make a strong profile at that point. You need to be working really hard from your school time to build a very strong profile. So that's what I mean. So you know, students from the very beginning should know and they should aim for that particular, you know, that goal in mind. So this is what I want to do, and this is how I will prepare. And that is how, because trust me, like the world is so competitive. I see like students working hard for Ivy Leagues and everything, and it is super competitive. And I know that where our students stand, it's not. Um, trust me, it's not a piece of cake. It's going to be very challenging. Mm -hmm. So that's really something we can look into the future. Um, I think we're nearing our end. So we have a last question for you. Um, on an ending note. What advice would you give to young Kashmiri women? I think one advice uh, that I always tell people is to stay focused because, you know, there will be many ups and downs in life. Um, 
especially with respect to women there are so many things that can happen in your life you know there are always challenges with respect to family there are always challenges that you know with your personal relationships you know maybe even you're working already your experiments may not work they're going to fail that's what science is you have failures many many failures but stay focused and you always remember that you're studying you're studying or you're doing science because you love it and their drive is very important if you are driven to do research if you are driven to follow a career if you are driven to you know do your work in a particular field that's what should keep you going the moment you realize that something is boring and you know you are forced to do it that's not the right job for you so keep your focus and be at it be persistent be resilient and that is what will um help you be successful yeah uh, thank you so much thank you so much for your advice and thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all that knowledge with us yeah sure